0: to
1: be part of the conversations that happen around my kitchen table.
0: He's John Brannion and he's been a stand-up comic for more than 30 years.
1: She's Amanda McKinney and she's been my daughter for her whole life.
0: Our family believes laughter is a gift from God. We often discover it while discussing culture, faith and family.
1: So go ahead and pull up a chair, neighbor. Can I call you Carl? There's plenty of room here for you. So last night at 1025 I saw Nefarious
0: Where'd you go? Noblesville?
1: I went to Carmel. Hmm. And uh, by the way, I don't know if I should say this. Oh, I'll say it. Uh, at least last night, you could just basically walk into the theater and see whatever movie you wanted to see. We, we bought tickets, but there was nobody to look at them. I mean, the place was wide open. There was no little ropes to rock past. There was no little turnstiles to go through. We literally walked in. I had the phone in my hand ready to show it to somebody who was interested and nobody was we walked straight back to the theater sat down Interesting. Um, there was it was your mother and I and three other people mm-hmm. another couple and then some hapless person all by himself in the A fifth theater. wheel yeah uh, and I was prepared to be I'm I'm, I'm skeptical of Christian movies particularly Christian movies Slash horror suspense movie. It wasn't really How a many Christian slash really horror, horror
0: movies have you seen? Movie. Well, I was gonna say suspense <laughs> movies. I'm suspicious of this category of movie that doesn't even exist. <laughs> it's a
1: vast, vast category. Um Well, it wasn't really a horror movie. I wouldn't describe it as a horror movie. But here's the thing. If you go to see And I don't even know if it's still playing. I don't know if it was a one-night-only thing or what. No,
0: Luke said we can go see it in Noblesville tonight if we want. Okay. But I don't think we'll be able to see it. Here's the thing.
1: When you go, um, if you're not accustomed to going to R-rated horror movies, you are going to see a different set of previews for this movie than what you generally see in the movies. (laughs) If you're used to PG um, or if you're used to even comedies um, when you go to the movie. Uh you you see different previews based on the style of movie and I have not been a horror fan I I don't think I've ever no I've never gone to the theater to see a horror film and uh so I wasn't really prepared for the
0: for the previews for the previews
1: yeah mm-hmm. cuz the previews are um there's like a red screen and I I'm, I'm I'm probably telling Carl, if Carl's is a horror fan, he already knows all this. But I was not prepared. Like the green screens that come up for the previews, those are for all audiences. The following preview has been approved for all audiences, yeah. but not all previews are suitable for all audiences. Uh-huh. If it comes up and it's red, it's a uh, it's a different sort of a preview. There's blood and guts and yeah. swear words and all sorts of stuff in those previews. Yeah. So you should be prepared for that if you're going to go see.
0: Did you get a little bit demon possessed from the preview?
1: I was—I uh, actually did think about what would happen if somebody comes in and shoots up this theater. I've never had that thought before. <laughs> that but I was, was like, weird. "What if somebody comes in and just decides to shoot up this theater?" I guess I'm ready to go. Uh, but I liked it. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Mm-hmm. The uh, my favorite line: "You're going to go see it." I don't really want to ruin anything for you. Oh,
0: I—we're not going tonight. Oh, okay. We probably won't see it till it comes out on dvd or whatever whatever there's, they do now on there's stream. a lot
1: you know the premise you know what it's about it's, it's a,
0: a guy who's mentally ill in prison but it turns out he claims that he's demon possessed he
1: claims he's demon possessed yeah, and, and so the psychologist, the psychologist has is to
0: evaluate it him.
1: has to evaluate him and decide whether or not he is sane if he's insane then he doesn't go to the chair in oklahoma because right. he's not fit to be executed and so that's the premise uh, and so the the guy who claims to be demon-possessed, uh, his name is Nefari- Nefarious, Nefarious. And uh, he says at one point, he, he's challenging him back and forth, and the psychologist says, I didn't realize that I was coming in here to do battle. And he says, that's why you're losing. And I thought, ooh, that's such a great line. That's mm-hmm. such a good line. Mm-hmm. A lot of Christians, I didn't come here to fight. I point. didn't come
0: Point to Satan.
1: I did not come here to fight. <laughs> I don't want to fight. I'm, and it's like, yeah, that's why you're losing
0: the battle. That round, Lucifer.
1: Yep. Well, basically, the, the demon just ties this guy up in knots through the whole movie. That's part of the reason I liked it, it was because the guy is an atheist. The, the psychologist mm-hmm. is an atheist, mm-hmm. and about atheist. He says that up at the beginning, and he just gets owned through the whole movie. So
0: you're a, pretty much rooting for the demon. By I'm least. not
1: rooting for him, but I will say that the guy who plays he he makes the show in my book. He because he's really really interesting to watch. His character is 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 interesting. He does it really well, um, yeah. and so I will uh, I will recommend it again. Just word of caution: if you're not a person who is accustomed to intense uh, movies, this one is. If you're a person who's gone to Christian movies and Christian movies exclusively, and you're, and you're sauntering into this one thinking, hey, this is another Christian movie. This is a completely different hmm. experience than what you're used to. Good So word. you need to be prepared for that. Good warning. Yeah.
0: Uh, oh. Okay. Well, we watched Hunger Games with my kids last week, so yeah. I'm not really one to talk about using caution, I guess. But I made them well, read for, the book first.
1: For me, you know, I'm, I have been going to, not horror movies, but I like suspense movies and I like movies that are kind of violent. Um, mm-hmm. And so I wasn't, I wasn't scandalized really. I've been desensitized to mm-hmm. most of the, the violence. I mean, I read the Unplugged review. And uh, I don't want to give anything away, but The Unplugged talked about how, well, this, is de- it definitely earns its R rating with this scene. It definitely earns its R rating. So I was prepared for it, and I'm like, yeah. this is nothing. I mean, this, this is a thing that you see, you know, if you've watched The Walking Dead on A&E, you've seen much, 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 much worse. Do you
0: think Carl's a big Walking Dead fan? Well,
1: I don't know. I don't know. I know The Walking Dead, it, it occurs to me that it's not outside the realm of possibility that Carl has seen The Walking Dead. Yeah. It's a pretty...
0: What about um, big series? What is it? The Last of Us.
1: Uh, I haven't seen The Last of Us.
0: We watched the very first episode, Luke and I, and I was like, "Why are we watching this?" I was like, "What is it that this is bringing it's to just our gratuitous life?"
1: Gratuitous violence. And I
0: feel like we're getting smarter because we watched most. We watched like four or five seasons of Game of Thrones before I before finally you got said, to that "Why are we watching this?" Where I was like, "Yeah, I, why are we watching this?" Still, you know, yeah. it's, I don't feel like it's a positive influence on any part of our
1: Right, there's nothing redeeming.
0: Yes, there's nothing. I read the books, the George Martin series, up to the point that he didn't have any more to read. Like back right. in two thousand
1: and then they kept or something. producing content basically to fill the Yeah. He HBO never stuff. rounded
0: out the the series to my knowledge, although somebody else could correct me if they're more of a fan than I was. But I read all mm-hmm. of the books that were available at the time that I read. And um I really enjoyed his storytelling. I agreed with reviewers who were saying that he really wrote very good character stories like he he filled out all of his character stories really well and right. they were individuals he's a good author. He's especially a good women. He did a really good job writing different like personalities among women. women. Which you don't always get from a male <laughs> author. But he's a guy who pays attention, I guess, to you know what makes somebody unique. He's a caricature artist in a way, where right. he like notices the mole, you know, on somebody's nose. Right. And puts that in there and you're like, oh yeah, that does look like so and so. But um but, yeah, the, the, the HBO series is an HBO series, right. and so it's just absolutely it's filthy.
1: Just, let's cram as much swearing and nudity into it as we possibly can. Yeah, we
0: ended up calling it nudity, and including, I mean, both genders. We had female and male nudity constantly just, you know, flopping around on screen. Right. And so Luke and I started calling, referring to it as <laughs> boobs and swords. Right. Because we figured that that covered the violence but when you started, and the nudity. When
1: you started calling it boobs and swords, that was pretty close to the end. That was when you started realizing. Well,
0: there were boobs and swords from day one. It right. was like they just started becoming more and more frequent. And then they'd stay on screen longer. Right. And it's like, why why are they doing this? Like they got all the shock I think we thought that they would get all the shock out of the way in the first season, and then they didn't. They just realized they had to keep opening the right, ante. Right,
1: right, right, right. You don't, you don't ever get done with that. You don't yeah. say, okay, now we never need to show any more nudity because yeah. we've done it and We've people done it already. It. it
0: was like at first, it was you know, one percent of the episode where they'd do a flash here or a flash there, right? And then it just by the time we finally gave up, it was like a full 70 percent of on screen time. Was my completely beloved inappropriate.
1: parents, my beloved parents, your grandparents were uh movie people, but not not big time movie people. They would go every once in a while, and it was usually my dad. Uh, Grandma Turbo is not a movie person at all, but dad would get the idea that he wanted to go see a movie and mm. so and she would go with him because she was you know she was a supportive wife and so they would go <laughs> and most of the time they would go to uh like my dad was a big time Smokey and the bandit guy he took mm-hmm. the entire family to go see that so they would see movies like that but every once in a while they would go to uh to r-rated movies and i would be scandalized you know it's like my parents are going to an r-rated movie <laughs> they're but they're
0: so worldly yeah
1: they're so worldly uh and i would be you know, I was I was very uh, self righteous as a as a young teenager. <laughs> I was I was super self righteous, and I thought you know my Christian parents, my Christian mother, going to that awful movie, um, and I remember my mom and dad both explaining it to me. They said, "Well, you know, John, yeah, we're we're not saying that that this is a good thing, but because there's language in there that we don't use," um, but they said. They said that most of the time, the scenes that get the R rating for the movies that they were going to, they didn't go to horror movies. Yeah. So it was almost always for nudity. Yeah. And they said those scenes are just jammed in there just to get the R rating. Yeah. And and so I filed that away for the first time that I got to see an R rated movie. And I'm like, and I was waiting for it. And it, by golly, I, they're right. mean <laughs> you know, it, it has very little to do with the story it it's unnecessary even
0: have to be in there. you
1: can it doesn't you can yeah. tell the same story and everybody can keep their clothes on yeah and so it's a testimony it's fascinating it's a testimony to where we are and where the culture is that we yeah we could tell it without nudity but why would we do that <laughs> why would we do that when we can when we have an r rating or a or a you know an x rating or whatever or an nc 17 rating you know they don't
0: even do that anymore I don't, so, I don't even remember last time a movie came out with that rating.
1: Well, there was one movie that and it was for uh, what was it called Showgirls? But there was a movie that they that they made up they had to come up with a special rating because it was way past R, but they didn't want to give it an X rating because right. then that would then everybody would just call it porn. And right. so they came up with this special rating that somehow legitimized it as an actual, Film that was worthy of being in theaters. It, the whole thing was a joke. The right. whole just just like just like nudity in films is a joke. You know the the same thing with the NC-17 rating. It was all a big scam. It was an X-rated film that they didn't want to put an X rating on. Right. So uh,
0: anyway, there you
1: go. so go see *Nefarious*. Uh,
0: or wait till it comes out on on. VHS tape or whatever it was I said earlier. When VHS I was, tape? I like went way back in the path. I, I said DVD, but I know that that doesn't, that's not a thing anymore. Yeah. It'll well, there's come something out. to be Eventually said for supporting like, it. It'll have its own website and then you'll be able to go and download it special through right. the nefarious.com website. That's what I think is going I think happen. that's what you'll do. Because isn't that what they did with the Uncle Tom documentary? Yeah. And, um.
1: You know, the other thing that struck me is, as as I'm recalling is that other than, other than the violence, it's fairly clean. I mean, there's a few.
0: <laughs> Other than the violence, it's
1: well, but and even the violence is negligible. I mean, I don't want to paint the picture. You're going to go and watch this, you know, scene after scene of horrific violence. It's not. Um, it, it's it's not worse than what you're going to see on television, even network television. Um, but what did strike me was that the language is clean enough, also for television. You know, I would I was expecting the demon to be. <gasps>
0: Do you know what Just we watched with my full kids of foul language, but he last really it. week on Sunday after skews after skews mind you last mm. Sunday was Easter and we we talked about a movie on skews that I was like you know my kids have never seen that so now's the time and when you said it could work on television that reminded me because it's a movie that was made for TV in the 60s and what movie did we talk about? You had it. You an Iron Tail up on the... Oh, the
1: here comes Peter Cottontail. You <laughs> had
0: Iron Tail up on the screen for us for Skews. You,
1: you'd you watched that Oh, before. many times. Because yeah. we
0: really did have that on VHS. Yeah. I'm not just making a joke. We had an actual VHS tape that Tim and I played the tar out many,
1: of. Many, many times.
0: Many, many times. So I had seen it. And so when I put it on, what's funny is my kids don't even understand watching a movie that many times and knowing being that familiar with it. Like when I described, Mm. oh, your Uncle Timmy Mm -hmm. and I used to watch this all the time. I mean, like, that was one of, you know, twenty-five VHS tapes that we had. And so we rotated them and watched it all the time. You guys had
1: the Little Mermaid memorized. Yeah, Yeah. they don't
0: have that. Like they've seen film they've seen and they've even seen a few things more than once. But like you know maximum they would have watched it three or four times because it was in the car and we had to right you know you watch drive it somewhere more than once and and we used to be very well acquainted with our movie collection and so but what i had forgotten about it was that it was made for tv here comes peter cottontail is made right. for tv
1: so it has places where the commercials come. yes and yes. i
0: had to explain that to the kids too right. i was like okay when this first came out then they that would be where the commercials would have gone
1: right why is there a blank spot
0: They are starting to be familiar with the idea of commercials now because um, on Hulu and other streaming platforms, they do have commercial banks that pop up. Right.
1: But commercials now are a completely different thing than what they were when we were, certainly when I was a kid. A commercial, sometimes you'd have a commercial that would be 30 seconds.
0: Right. They'd have those.
1: Mm, not very often. Most of the you, commercials are like 10 second little bli and, and a commercial break on Hulu. No, you'll, no, no, you'll no, see.
0: no, 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 no. I'm telling you that on Hulu now mm, they have a full two and a half minute commercial break bank. I don't and that you. will be two and a half commercials or it will be two minute long commercials and one 30 second commercial mm. just like back in the mm. day that's why i'm saying they would have they would have appreciated it a little bit that actually better. encourages
1: me because yeah. it tells me that our attention spans maybe are getting a little longer
0: they're not like the people actual people just get up and leave the actual commercial itself is yeah really just a place they even have a timer in the corner so right. you know how long it's going to be so yeah that's when you jump up and make popcorn and you know go to the bathroom uh, but but eh. I mean, it's something, and so they they do know about commercial breaks, and they know that when I say this is where they would go, they can kind of picture it a little better now. But they were laughing at me because they were like, "How long has it been since you've seen this?" And I had to explain it doesn't matter how long it's been because it's so deeply ingrained in right. my psyche. That... <laughs> they
1: were laughing at you because you remembered it all.
0: Yeah, well, because dad <laughs> or their dad, my husband Luke, was like, "Hey." You know, I've experienced this before where some of your childhood memories are not quite as, you know, they're not quite as great as you remember them being. That's what he said. <laughs> He's preparing me to be like embarrassed. And I said, honey, I can still quote this from the beginning to end. I know how bad it is. And that's why I'm looking forward to it. Right. So this is,
1: this is not going to horrify you. Yeah. It, like I had I had that with when I watched the uh, original Clash of the Titans, not the remake the original one, which was with Harry Hamlin playing Perseus and Burgess Meredith was the old man. And Anyway, the original one, which I saw in the theater uh, at least four times because I could go to the movie theater for a dollar when I was in high school. And so I went to see Clash of the Titans, and I thought it was so, so good. Mm-hmm. And it was on... Uh, amazon or something a few months ago and i'm like hey there's the original class of titan this will be great and i was i was about halfway through it and i thought i used to think this was a good movie i used to really yeah i used to just think this was awesome and i am horrified at how hokey and campy and dumb this is no
0: i knew how hokey and campy and dumb it was and just today while i was why did i say it today now i can't remember i just said to the kids Hey, hey, what am I doing? What what am I being here? What what am I impersonating? And then I was like, "You, no one wants a Christmas bonnet," and I said it just like that, <laughs> totally exaggerated. But but I mean that's close. And uh, they had no idea because they've only seen it once.
1: Oh, they couldn't remember they couldn't the rem- Christmas I, bonnet. So I
0: had to like really. I had make. I made up quotes that she didn't even really say. But I was like. You want an Easter bonnet, but no one wants a Christmas bonnet. Oh, is me. No.
1: I like the scene where they throw the red, white, and blue eggs at them. are
0: because they're not yeah. firecrackers. He lied to them. Lying is not good, kids. No. Anyway, we, it's 20 minutes into this thing, and we haven't even... We haven't even said anything. We're just talking about movies the whole time, and I don't even really watch that many movies. So because
1: I saw *Nefarious*. Look, your husband's here. Yep, there just he is. The podcast. Didn't is you? Joan
0: Gardner who played Bonnie the Bonnet. By the way, that's who. That's who I'm being. Joan Gardner.
1: What Ooh. in the world does that have? You? You're the one who just said we need to move on with this podcast well, and you I bring up obscure voice actors from.
0: I googled it. And 1970. Then it just said, here comes Peter Cottontail. 1971. Joan Gardner as Bonnie sounds just like that, though. You don't even I need to go check. I six
1: years old. It doesn't feel like it was that long ago.
0: No one wants an Easter um, bonnet.
1: I was younger than Colin. No, wait. Everyone wants an that. Easter
0: bonnet. Nobody wants a Christmas bonnet. I messed it up. Anyway.
1: Uh, so I was talking about... Can I mention authors on this podcast? Will I get in trouble for doing that? This you will get in movies.
0: trouble for doing it, but it might not be worth the...
1: It's it's not worth it.
0: Oh, why don't you just not name the person and just make up a name like um, like uh, Shasta Gila Schreger.
1: <laughs> Shasta McGuire.
0: <laughs> yeah, something like that. Shasta McGuire. All
1: right. So Shasta McGuire is a Christian author who's <laughs> a, a marriage expert, and that uh, ought to do it writing about this is not the first time that Shasta has got my ire up but she writes about how women are not uh treated fairly and the thing <laughs> the thing that bothers me the most is the, is her relentless uh berating boys for for basically having an easy life, you know, but nobody holds boys accountable in the church. Boys never get called out for their sin. They can just they can just be as abusive and and, and mistreat girls as much as they want. Nobody cares. Nobody cares in the church. <laughs> nobody ever nobody ever shames the boys or tells them that they ought to behave themselves. They just uh, oh, you know, boys will be boys. That's all we say in the church. Boys will be boys. So if they uh, if they mistreat some girls, then you know that's just boys being boys, and you girls need to. You girls need to dress modestly, though, because if a boy does mistreat you, it's because you're dressed inappropriately. And so that's what Shasta's premise is, that she's speaking truth against that power.
0: I searched Shasta, what was it? Guire. Yeah. Shasta Mm McGuire. So they're promoting the new book, um, and the book is called She Deserves Better. Better.
1: She deserves. She deserves better. better. And the word "deserves" always gets my hackles up. When somebody, whenever anybody tells me that they deserve anything, I tend to become guarded uh, because "deserves" is a word that that I don't throw around very often. Most people deserve to burn an eternal fire. That's what they deserve. And so when people start talking to me about how they deserve something other than punishment, I start to be somewhat cynical, and that comes out of my writing. And so I I wrote about Shasta's take, and I think that I was fairly even-handed, and I think I dialed back the sarcasm, didn't I? I don't know. No?
0: Well, but you didn't even come close to naming her in your post no like we actually but i said why we didn't attempt it
1: i said why because I, i i'm because she has a gigantic platform and if i named her then all that would happen is if first of all probably nothing would happen but if one of her little sycophantic readers um happens to frequent my blog, and it's possible, she's got a big enough platform that there may be a reader right, or two but that reads mine. Those
0: are precisely yeah. the and they ones go to that her we place, need to talk to. No, no, And then,
1: and then a thousand right. angry feminists descend on my blog. No, that's
0: exactly why those are who... Doug Wilson says you need to call out the people who have a bigger platform because if they then turn around and respond to you, they've handed you the microphone. They've actually given you more attention than you ever hope to give them because we don't have that many people to send her way. No. And the only way that these these poor little princesses of God are ever going to get any sort of good advice is if they venture outside of the bare marriage page for a while.
1: Oh, see how you are calling it out. Yeah. So this is, but she, but they're not going to take it from me. uh, All that's going to happen on my page is those people are just going to come and raise all sorts of cane at, that doesn't even make sense. They're just going to they gonna raise a bunch... Of, they're just going to shout and scream at me. And then right. the people who ordinarily read my page are going to okay. shy away. And okay. they're going to go, wow, John's page is so toxic and angry. Okay. I don't even want to go there anymore. Here's just... what
0: you have to understand. Here's what you have to understand about the statement you're making right now. That I want all women, feminist or otherwise, to understand. I'm not a woman. What you're saying... No, I want all women who are listening to understand. What you're saying is you do not love the shrieky, angry women enough to tell them what they really want to hear or to tell them what they really need to hear. Sorry. That's important. You don't love them enough to tell them what they really need to hear because like most people in their life, they would rather have peace and quiet than actually give this little girl something that would help.
1: I, I don't want to put up with their tantrums, especially right. when there is hundreds of them having a right. tantrum at the, at same, the same time, time. Right. and patting each other on the back about being great and good and virtuous. And aren't we swell right. to come and take this guy down a peg or two as if I'm even, as if I have even a fraction of the numbers that...
0: The point is, the point is that the name of the book, She Deserves Better is annoying
1: now there's no reason to hide the author's name anymore
0: because there was was no we didn't hide it before the name of that book is annoying because it's the question i ask is better than Than what? what right better than what because the reason that i discipline my sons And tell them that they should not lust, and tell them that they should be respectful, and tell them that they should slay the beast within, get get a hold of the beast within before they can expect to have leadership. Without the reason I say all that stuff for them is because I think it's the best thing I can possibly do for them. The best there is
1: nothing else that would be better. There's nothing
0: better than holding somebody to a very, very, very high standard and saying. If you, my son, choose to follow this path, you will have wisdom and it will go well with you and you will live long in the land. Like I, yeah. there is nothing better than that. No. And these poor souls, these poor, sad, um self-sorrying,
1: <laughs> yeah. Self-sorry. self
0: sorrying Yeah.
1: Self sorrying.
0: Self self sorried. So what's the word that means? Feeling sorry for oneself. Self pity? Self-pity? Self pitying is the word I was looking for. Yes.
1: You forgot the word self pity?
0: I'll tell you why later. It doesn't matter. I just read about six paragraphs of all the words that have self hyphen. <laughs> don't ask me why. It was a word study on the word self. And so I literally my I word have. My
1: smith daughter <laughs> forgot the term self pity. I, I literally
0: have 500 words that start with self in my head right now because I just read it last night and I completely forgot that one so but the what they that's what hilarious. they need or what they think they want is to be treated with kid gloves they think what they want is to be held to such a low stinking standard that a person can just walk right over it you know and and that's actually not better at all but like like the they
1: deserve better and better means aren't they asking for the same thing that i'm asking for this piece
0: don't right. they just want to be left, what I'm saying is that left alone? If you cared about a person, if you care about your granddaughters, for instance, you have the opposite response. You actually go and fight for them. And what you mean by fight for them is you fight them.
1: Fight with them. You
0: fight with them. Because why? Because they also have a beast that lives within them that nobody ever talks to them about. Because we only like to use that image and that language when it comes to boys. And nobody actually wants to discipline the girls. The girls are louder about it.
1: Well, but the, she deserves more, author better shasta she deserves deserves better better. it her part of her premise is that that boys and girls are treated differently and it's a problem because the boys are the ones who are not told
0: she I understand. She she, she
1: thinks she thinks that the problem is is the exact opposite of what's actually going on. Well, no, the problem the girls are just we're just grinding these girls to paste with our expectations of what they should do, and we're letting the boys off scot free.
0: Right. This is what she says. Instead of teaching girls consent, we taught girls quote boys can't help themselves, so you need to have enough self control for both of you. Uh, going through the results of our survey of 7,000 plus evangelical women. <laughs> women for our new book, She Deserves Better, it's heartbreaking. There was so much shame, so much blame, so little understanding of a girl's worth.
1: See, and that, what does that comment even mean? So little understanding of a girl's worth. You, you surveyed 7,000 evangelical women mm-hmm. and came away with the idea that women are, are, there's nobody has any value on women. How? What? What is that? Based on what?
0: Well, we don't know because it was a clarion call to action. And that's <laughs> what we really want to talk about right now. The action. Stop with your patriarchal questions and let's just take action. Okay.
1: Youth groups. I literally didn't know that stop with your patriarchal questions was part of the quote.
0: No, that's not, that's not, but this is oh, okay. youth groups simply must do better. Churches must do better. We as parents can learn how to do better. Our girls deserve better. Let's not repeat the mistakes of the last generation with the next one. Boys have the Holy spirit just as much as girls boys can exercise self control. And if a boy doesn't, that's a sign that he's a predator, not just that he is male. Check out the book, and then there's a couple Buy of screenshots. Buy my book. Yeah. So that's the argument. There's a daughter standing I right behind her. me. Hi, Cammy. What can I do for you? May I have an apple? Go for it. Have an apple. <laughs> there. Glad we got that taken care of. Can I have an apple? Oh, my goodness. She's just going to stand back there for the next 20 minutes. <laughs> and ask for an apple. If I didn't pause and ask her what she needed. Uh so, so, yeah, what's going on there is that these women, these women who are supposed to be grown-ups, who are supposed to have grown up in the church, they don't know that the Bible says we discipline those we love. And they resent it. They despise being taught and talked to and lectured and, and um, given wisdom. They think that that's a sign of abuse. But where they think, did that
1: come from? It's I mean, how natural. Did, how did that get started? That
0: doesn't get started. That's the default. That's humans at, in the raw.
1: But we're not doing that with boys.
0: Um to, some. We, we of them may are. be starting it they're now, starting
1: but there was but they're but she's her premise is that the boys have been getting off scot free forever yeah. and it's time to start cracking down on the boys as hard as we've been cracking
0: down on the girls. That's because um, it's it's just fabrication. I mean, that's just a fantasy. But that's the same fantasy that a default daughter, a little girl, has when it comes to her brothers. She is always going to be tempted to say, he's got it better than me. He's He's doing this, and he's getting away with that. And if she has a family system where dad... Mom, but especially dad, is won over by that when he really does have a sense of guilt because she's his little princess and she doesn't want to. He doesn't want to feel like he's being harder on her than he is on the boys. Then she gets the traction that she needs to continue to write books about it when she's like in her 50s or 60s. And so that's, yeah, what. What I would like to see happen and
1: help parents raise other monsters, other
0: absolutely entitled brats. The the church is so
1: buy my book if you would like a snotty little girl too.
0: Yes, it's bad because that's what you have to nip in the bud when they're seven, you know, and younger than that. Even seven is too late. But when you've got if you've got a couple of girls and a couple of boys like I have in my household, you have to recognize that those girls are going to whine to you at, at some point. Well, but he did this, 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 and that. And you have to respond with, It's not your business, what I'm saying to him. And the fact that you care so much is actually more a sign of your own sin. That's that's not just it's not just an unpleasant, you know, but fairly neutral position that you're taking. That is your dragon. That is your selfish heart. That is your that is what you're going to have to answer to before the Creator of the universe someday. That little impulse you have to constantly be talking about what's happening with well, your brother. Well, have we
1: painted that as a virtue? Don't we call that women's intuition and women know and and they know things and they understand and they're empathetic? Isn't Isn't that the empathy that we be that honest, we praise women for?
0: I'll be honest, I don't even really know how that's how it's being spun in the dysfunctional households. I just know how it's working out in the places where families. Somebody's are Somebody's buying
1: those. Bull- Oh,
0: yeah. I'm sure it's the women who are on their second or third husbands. I'm sure of it because they don't know how to exist in a group. They don't know how to exist if they're not the one doing all the talking. But but I know that in a functioning family, when that impulse pops up, you nip it. You say, ugh, that's ugly. You say, you know, not only are we not going to be talking about whether the men slash boys are getting their you know, comeuppance right now, but we're, we're now going to pause the entire conversation to talk about your obsession with comeuppance. Your, your idea of what justice is, your idea of what equal is, is absolutely ugly. I mean, it's 100% killing you and I love you too much to let you continue walking down this path where nobody is going to like you at the end of the day. If you keep going.
1: We used to say that to the kids when they were still living at home, um, we sent it to the girls less, so I guess there was a double standard. It wasn't a double yeah. standard. Do <laughs> no, you guys, it's whoever needs it. You the most. guys didn't need it as much. Yeah, but we sent it to everybody. And but I remember saying it to your brother most often. Um, well, I would say, look, because he would he would be freaking out because of some punishment that he was having to deal with, and I said, listen, you are you in this family the the only way to get out is to die we're like the mafia so you, we we are stuck with you and you right. are stuck with us right forever and so that means that we have to put up with this stuff. And what you're doing right now is unacceptable, but we are going to put up with it. Right. We are we're going to allow you to stay in the family because that is what God wants us to do. We are stuck. But outside of this household, we are pre- I'm trying to prepare you for the people that do not have to put up with your crap. Mm-hmm. And it's places where you work and it's places where you go to school and it's all sorts of every other place outside of these walls does not have to deal with you when you're being a monster.
0: Right. Well, and that's basically what the feminists are trying to do for themselves is to force the rest of the world to treat to them, them like a family member treats them which right. is like like a christian you know like jesus my jesus doesn't my, my jesus, jesus doesn't judge me like my boyfriend jesus doesn't doesn't talk to me that way and it's like right that's because he is first of all a figment of your imagination that jesus doesn't exist <laughs>
1: he's imaginary but second
0: second of all because nobody ever taught you how to how to exist in the world they only taught you how to try to deconstruct and then reconstruct the world in your own image. Like they only ever taught you how to be manipulative enough to get other people to revolve around you so that you don't ever have to do any changing. And that's just so toxic. When we talk about toxic masculinity in the culture all the time, that is toxic femininity. The ability to become the victim in every single situation so that you can then pull Mm -hmm. everybody else's strings like a puppet, puppet master, and say, well, because I was abused, or because I feel this way, or because I'm one of seven thousand women who self-reported that reality is X, Y, Z. Well, now you have to agree with my definition got, of reality. I'm on
1: antidepressants. Right. I'm on.
0: I'm obviously not doing okay, and therefore that's your fault. And so now you need to sit down and listen to me lecture you on how how to treat me and right, how you to treat to the boys. Me.
1: And and that's that would be the case. In the family, and that was the case in the family, whatever issue you have, whatever external circumstances or internal circumstances are contributing to your being a monster, we will have to deal with it because that's part and parcel. That was the deal we made with God when we
0: sort of took you in sort of, but like. But again, not
1: sort of we you tell to you
0: to your, your face it. when you're being a punk, right? We that's not the same as dealing with it. Like there are a lot of women who think that's how with we it. dealt
1: with it. I I told your brothers more than you. I told I told them you're being a punk, right? You're, you're being an absolute punk, and nobody and likes you're not it. Gonna but de- what I'm
0: saying is there are a lot of people who don't understand that that's what you mean by handling it. They think you mean long suffering. Silently. Oh, being just, quiet. just
1: meekly sitting yes. by and being run over? And no, letting them be a toxic that's female. That's not how you handle anything.
0: No, you. what you mean by you're always welcome in the family is you're always welcome in the family. But when you're here, we're also going to be very blunt with you about how completely antisocial your behavior is. <laughs> right. And we are not going to let you go and publish a book that is displaying your selfishness. That obviously we're not right. going to let you go take your little personal fable about how things are so unfair all the time. And he always gets it better than you. We're not going to let you take that public because it's just stupid. It's stupid. Well, it's and not it makes, It's not true. And it makes you look even worse right. and it's not good for you. What's better for you. Since you deserve better. What's, Since you
1: deserve better. What's
0: better for you is to learn how to woman up a little bit. <laughs>
1: what's better Toughen for you up. is what you're already getting from us at this in this family.
0: Well, in this family. But yeah, if you feel like you got the short end of the stick somehow or like you weren't treated well at church, chances are good in 99% of circumstances you were allowed to get away with too much. People didn't care about you enough to put up with your crap long enough to say, no. You can't behave people, this way.
1: People like John Branion, who didn't mention your name so that he wouldn't have to put up with They're all like, of your angry. Most tantrum, people
0: just walked away from you readers. shaking their heads sadly and were like, oh, I feel sorry for that person's future husband. Like they don't they don't care enough to say to your face, hey, I'd like to help you so that more people might like you and you might be less miserable in the future. Like short-term gratification would be to just be quiet and meekly sit there while you, you know, blather. But long-term, we will both be better off if you learn how to curb this toxic femininity. It sucks. It's terrible. And this I told you this earlier, too. I was listening to a lecture or a question and answer with Jordan Peterson this week, where he, he his wife was asking the questions, but the, they came from the audience originally. And um, they were about child-rearing. And so it was kind of interesting to hear him and his wife both on stage at the same time talking mm-hmm. about what it was like to raise... I think they have two kids. For sure, they have at least two. Um, they have a boy and a girl and Jordan was reminiscing that his his son particularly would go through these phases where they would, they had been marching along and everybody was kind of getting along just fine. And then all of a sudden he would start to get really irritating. Like the kid, the boy would start to push buttons and just kind of generally be annoying. And so, (laughs) and so he said what Jordan says, he's a psychologist, right? So he's always very thoughtful and, you know, um, introspective about things. he said, he might come in and say, man, that kid is really getting on my nerves. And he said, Tammy, his wife, might say, well, you know, maybe you're hungry or maybe you need to take a nap. And he goes, so we would consider the possibility that maybe I'm just being a tyrant, you know. <laughs> and he said, that happens. Right. That, that could happen. Sometimes it happens. That, that's, a, that's a valid possibility. Okay. And so he goes, but then there'd be other times I'd come in and say, you know, that kid, I just can't stand him right now. And she would go, oh, he's been getting on my nerves too. And we'd go, aha. (laughs) Uh
1: Aha. That's how he says aha. He Uh says aha because he's from Canada.
0: Uh Aha. So what we have now is... A strong possibility that he's actually the unlikable one. Right.
1: Because you have agreement that you reached. You have a consensus that you reached independently of one another right. without conferring.
0: We're both irritated yeah. and annoyed. So he might be the one who's off base. And he said, so we would agree that we're going to start trying to nudge him back onto the path that we want to see him on. Because for his own good, he said, our job as his parents is to help him become the kind of person that other people want to play with. Right. Right. And the part that made me laugh was where he says, you know, it'd be like, man, kid, we love you and we can't stand Stand to be near you right now. So imagine the people who don't love you. Imagine (laughs) the problems they're going to have with how completely irritating you're being. So
1: they don't love you. Yeah, we do. So there's no there's no way it's going to go well for you outside of these four walls.
0: Well, he started out by saying, you know, what do you do when you, you start to? You know that something is happening or your kids need your attention and they're going to need your involvement as a parent when you start to dislike them, is is basically what he said. I'm I'm paraphrasing pretty heavily now. But he said, you'll know when you start to dislike them. And he goes, and there will always be people in a group, in an audience, who would push back on that phrasing. They'd be like, well, disliking your son, we never dislike our children. And he said, you know, you always love them, but if you're saying you've never disliked them, you're just not being honest. Like...
1: Honest. He says honest. honest. Be
0: honest. Because they, of course, you don't like them. He said that they are, that's what it means to be humans interacting with other humans are going to do things that irritate you. And so then you have to consider whether it's you who's just woken up on the wrong side of the bed or whether they really are genuinely and objectively being poop heads.
1: Part of the reason that people don't understand that with their kids is because they don't understand it with their spouses. And and if you're, when you go into marriage with the proper, with your head screwed on straight, you know that there's going to come a time when you're going to look at that other person and you're going to go, Ugh, what have I done? Right. You know, that's going to happen. And I know that there are people out there who go, Oh no, we've never fought. I've never regretted for a moment. And it's like, okay, okay. I'm not going to call you a liar, but I just, maybe you're just not paying attention. <laughs> maybe
0: you're stretching the truth. Yeah. A little
1: maybe bit. you're just not, maybe you're just not as in tune with your feelings as I am, but yeah. there comes a time when you realize yeah. I I don't wanna be with this person anymore. I'm not I, I don't I'm not enjoying this. Mm-hmm. And if you know that those times are going to come, then when they come, at least for me when it happened, it's like, Oh, I knew this was gonna happen. Right. I, I knew I was gonna be fed well, up with but this relationship. The
0: idea specifically the idea that as a parent your job is to then help that person become somebody. That will be okay in a marriage relationship later, right? Uh, my point know. was
1: that if you if you've already crossed that bridge, if you've already if you've already built up those uh, expectations and those defense those emotional defenses with your spouse, then you just sort of pass them on to your kids. And I don't even think we had to think about it. I mean, it was it almost felt like it was kind of organic. The whole. You know, well, you're part of this family now. And, and the kids, again, your brothers would be like, well, they do not be part of this family. And they like, well, that's too bad. I mean, there's some things are out of your control. And the fact that you are part of this family is not a thing that you get to decide you're going to leave. It right. doesn't work that way.
0: Right. Well, but the, the feminists want the right to leave the family that they have deemed abusive and then turn right around and force other people to form a protective hedge around well, them. Well, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. In, Shasta. In the greater culture. And it's like, well, look, but but she was crying, and she's upset, and she says yeah. that it hurt, and she says that she was she was treated differently. She says there was a double standard. Mm-hmm. And it's like, of course she did. All of my children have tried that. If, if they are having an argument, and there's something going on where, you know, I'm talking to one. I, Colin says it, too, by the way. Boys do it, too. Yeah. Uh, but... You know, Colin will turn around and say, "So does that mean he's the right one and I'm the wrong one?" And it's like, I haven't gotten to him yet. I have one voice, two pairs of or two hands. That's it. And so, and but I only
1: had a brother for most of my life, but I remember my mom. I remember that. I remember when when David was getting his whatever. I I would. I was not allowed to make a peep. I was not allowed to make an expression, anything because she would turn on me. Right. And, and, and you're going to get it.
0: Now you're going to get it worse because you were making it. Right. You're going to get it worse. And what I say is, well, now you're going to have to wait even longer before you get to enjoy watching him get in trouble. Because now I have to stop and talk to you about that attitude. You just gave me, I now have to talk to you about the desire to see him punished, which is super, super wrong. And it, and it's, now we have to talk about it. Now we have to discuss the fact that you just went off the the path again, and that kind of behavior doesn't get rewarded. But here's the thing. When I'm giving him that undivided attention, when I am when I'm hammering into one kid about the importance of taking responsibility for yourself without pointing fingers at others, I'm actually giving him more opportunities for growth and for wisdom. I'm actually loving, you know, the older child in this case, better in that moment because I only have one mouth and can't lecture them both simultaneously, but I'm giving him the discipline that a loving parent gives a child in that moment more than I am when I'm ignoring or, you know, covering up or looking away from the other child's sin because that's what it means to love. So when you want to do better for somebody, what you do is you go to the person who most needs correction and most needs discipline and you Give them that discipline. Right. And so the the more that yeah, these feminists right. publish books, the more they're screaming, I have not been disciplined enough. I have not been given enough personal reminders that I am a sinner and I need to be I need to be responsible for that sin.
1: So I have to go to my page now, don't I? And call her out by name.
0: Well, <laughs> I don't know if you need to,
1: I need to call her out by name. At
0: least call her Shasta.
1: And let everybody know who I'm talking about. That would
0: probably irritate them even more. The idea that you're going to pretend like you're being discreet when everybody knows you're <laughs> not. They like, know exact- you not. You pretended like you edited this name, and you didn't. <laughs> Everyone knows you're talking about me, John.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, you're. I just i I've been down that road so many times. I've had I've had platforms that are bigger than mine turn their angry hordes on my little page and yep. it's just no fun yep. it's just as I don't exhausting
0: blame you. i wouldn't want to love those people either <laughs> <laughs> thanks for visiting the comedian's house if you want to spend more time with our family you can follow john branion on youtube and facebook also email nextdoor at johnbranion.com with your comments and questions